This past year in our women's Bible study, our entire theme has been focused through the books of 1st and 2nd Corinthians, and our key verse for that Bible study is from 2nd Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6, that says, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge, the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. The God who can do anything has done that. He made light shine out of darkness. The God who can do anything has brought you here today for this moment to hear this special message. And the God who can do anything has put on Rachel's heart exactly the words that she has to bring us today. So I'd like to introduce Rachel Barsha up here to bring us our message. All right. Hello, everyone. Um, I am so thankful to be able to be here to share with you today. And yes, I do love the ocean um, a lot, and I try to be at the beach as much as possible. But I thought, you know, everyone knows a lot of things I don't love. I thought I would share one thing that I don't love and one thing that you will likely never find me doing, and that is watching a movie. I do not love to watch movies. Contrary to my husband, who I think has seen probably every movie that's ever been made, and like about once a year, he'll say, hey, Rachel, I watched this movie and I think you might actually like it. Do you want to give it a try? And so I usually end up liking the ones he recommends. But if you ask me, Rachel, have you seen blah, blah, blah movie? The answer is probably no, I have not. Unless it's a rom-com from the early 2000s. But they don't make movies like that anymore. Like the early, so. Well, today I'm going to share a little bit of my story with you, uh, some of the health challenges that I have faced and what God has taught me and is continuing to teach me. So after seven years of Joe and I dating, we got married on June 16th, 2007. I have a photo, I think and hope, maybe on the screen um, from our wedding day. But after seven years of dating through high school and college, um, we got married. There we are, babies. And so because we were young, we knew we wanted to wait a few years to have kids. And so in June of 2011, we decided that we were ready. And after a few months of trying, um, I not only did not get pregnant, but I started to notice all of these weird blisters that were starting to pop up on my body. Um, they would randomly appear on my chest, my stomach, my back, my legs, my armpits, my gums, and my scalp. And they would go away as quickly as they would come. It would appear out of nowhere one day. The next day it was gone. And then a couple days later, it would come back in the same exact spot. And I knew that that wasn't normal. So after lots of doctor's appointments, um, in November of 2011, I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease called pemphigus. And because I get asked all the time, how do you spell it? I actually just have a slide. There you go. That's how you spell it. <laughs> um, it's extremely rare, only five in a million people have it worldwide, and it's even more rare here in the US. So after getting diagnosed, I realized that the diagnosis was only half of the battle. The other half of this battle was finding a dermatologist that knew what to do with me. Um, the dermatologist that diagnosed me didn't know what to do. He kept throwing different medications at me that were not working. And meanwhile, the disease had spiraled out of control. I, my, I mean, I couldn't brush my hair. I couldn't brush my teeth because the blisters were so bad. So thankfully, at that time, we had a PPO insurance, which, you know, as you're familiar, that means you have the freedom to just go to any doctor without waiting 17 years for a referral to come through. So I was able to change, and I went to a dermatologist that my primary care doctor recommended. And that turned out to be a huge blessing because this doctor 
knew how to treat pemphigus, which was a blessing, but unfortunately that treatment was prednisone. And if any of you in here have ever been on prednisone, you know how horrible that drug is and the side effects. Um, but it did work within a few weeks. I had significant, significantly cleared up from the blisters. The other blessing that came with that dermatologist is that she told me that right here at UCI is the world's leader in pemphigus. Didn't know that pemphigus had a world leader, but I was really thankful for that because he was right here at UCI. And again, with the blessing of the PPO insurance that we had at the time, I was able to just make an appointment at UCI and go see him. So my first appointment with him, I was anxious. I was hopeful that I would finally start getting better because as you might know with prednisone, that's a good short-term solution. It is not um, a good long-term solution. So I was hopeful that I would finally get some long-term solutions for this. So I'm there at UCI. Joe is with me. He was amazing. He did not miss a single doctor's appointment with me. And so we're in the room, and in walks this Eastern European, six foot four tall guy wearing snakeskin boots. <laughs> and he walks in and with zero bedside manner, like just not even a little bit of bedside manner. What can I do for you? And I thought, uh, and I said, uh, I, I meekly told him, well, I have pemphigus. Then do you know what he says to me? He looks at me and says, how do you know? I'm sorry, um, I wouldn't know what it was if I wasn't diagnosed with it. I didn't even know how to answer that question. How do I know? And so I kind of explained, like, like this other doctor told me I did. I don't know. I just wanted to come here for fun. I don't know. And so then the next, the next thing he said to me might have been even worse than the question. So then he says to me, well, before we get too excited here, we're going to send your blood to a lab in Utah. And I thought, okay, well, first of all, maybe we need to have a vocabulary lesson on what the word excited means. Because of all the emotions I had felt in this journey, excitement wasn't even close to the list. But what I realized is that for him, the excitement was real. Because if you're an expert in something, you, of course, want to have patients that have that thing, right? And so every, from that up time forward, every appointment I would go to, he would have anywhere from two to four medical students with him who probably thought they would never get to see Pemphigus in real life. And so they would walk in, and, and Dr. Grondo would go, this is Rachel, and she has Pemphigus. Oh, 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 oh. And so, you know, I, I'm really glad I could help. You know, and then, you know, so send my blood to a lab in Utah. To this day, I have no idea what is so special about this lab in Utah, but that's where my blood had to go. And, you know, obviously the results did come back positive for pemphigus. And then I began an extremely rigorous treatment under Dr. Grando. The treatment plan consists of four oral medications, including prednisone and an immunosuppressant, as well as IV and IV infusions of a very intense and very expensive medication called IVIG. So I had to get these infusions five consecutive days a month uh, for five hours a day. So a nurse would come to my house and administer the infusions after I got off work. And I did that for 12 months. It was one of the most difficult years of my life as the side effects from all the medications were awful. I had migraines, nausea, fatigue, insomnia, body aches, and weight gain. If you've, again, if you've been on prednisone, you know what that will do to you. 
and insane medical bills. I would just, op I didn't even, I just stopped getting the mail. It was horrible to get the mail and see the medical bills that would come in. And I think the worst part for me was that I went from thinking by spring of 2012 that I would maybe be welcoming a baby into our family. And instead, I had to do the opposite. I had to be extremely careful to not get pregnant because the medications that I was on would have been very dangerous to the fetus. So I had a lot of emotions, a lot of unknowns, a lot of questions, and a lot of anger and sadness for my life not going the way I thought it would. But God. The way that my faith grew during that year and a half was extraordinary. God used my physical and my emotional weaknesses to draw me closer to him. Um, as Jennifer mentioned, uh, we went through First and Second Corinthians in women's Bible study this past year. And 2 Corinthians 4, 6 through 11 says, For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure, which that treasure is referring to the gospel, in jars of clay to show us that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. Struggles with sin, health issues, broken relationships, financial strains, all of that is running rampant in this world as a result of living in the sinful, fallen world that we live in. And I know for a fact that every single one of you in here are experiencing one of those and probably more than one of those. And Paul, who wrote this letter to the church in Corinth, he knew this better than anyone, because he says later in the same letter, in 2 Corinthians 11, 23 to 27, I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and have been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I've spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, and in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food, and I have been cold and naked. Wow, that's a lot. Paul gets it, but he is also so laser focused on the gospel that he's able to boast in his weaknesses. In 1 Corinthians 4, 6, it says, For God who said, let light shine out of darkness. And that's a reference to Genesis, to creation. Just as God created light on that first day of creation, through Jesus, he's given us that same light in our hearts. And that light is able to shine the brightest when we are weak and leaning on him. In verses 16 to 18 of chapter 4, Paul says, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So for someone who literally feels like my body is wasting away, this verse brings me so much comfort and hope. 
And if you want even more hope, keep reading and read chapter 5 where Paul talks about the heavenly bodies that we're going to get. I actually have asked God several times if I could get an advanced deposit on my heavenly body, if I could get it now, but it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> so in June of 2013, I was a year and a half after being diagnosed and starting the treatments, I was finally done. I was in full remission, did not have a single blister anywhere on my body. I was off all medications. So that was exciting because that meant green light on trying to start trying again for a baby. So we tried and tried and tried, and month after month, I was not getting pregnant. And I was really discouraged, and I actually got really kind of self-absorbed about it because I literally told God I deserve to get pregnant because of all I went through, and I don't deserve to have to wait because my plan already got ruined by two years. So I, I really thought that this is what I deserve. So I had to learn to trust, and I had to learn to wait, and I had to learn to be patient again. So one year later, in summer of 2014, I decided that Joe and I should maybe look into getting some testing done, especially with me, with all the trauma my body had gone through. Uh, I wanted to make sure everything was okay. So on August 1st of 2014, we were getting ready to go to one of these doctor's appointments. And as we were getting ready to leave, I had a sudden urge to take a preg pregnancy test. I have no idea why. I had no reason to believe that it would have been positive. But I went ahead and took the test because, you know, I had like four packs of them in my bathroom because when you're trying to get pregnant, you know, you always have them on hand. So I thought, all right, I'll go ahead and take one. So, you know, when you take a pregnancy test, you take the test, you have to wait three minutes. I don't know. They might have some crazy, more advanced ones now where you don't. But at least then you had to wait three minutes for the results to come in. And, you know, one line negative, two lines positive. So I took the test. I, you know, looked at, waited, looked at it. One line negative. It's what I thought. Then I was mad at myself for getting my hopes up. And I remember, I remember so vividly throwing it so hard in the bathroom trash can that it almost bounced out. And then I stormed out of the bathroom and into the living room or wherever. And Joe was home. He didn't even know that I had done this. Have you ever had one of those moments where a realization of something hits you so hard that you almost freeze and panic because just the realization of something just washes over you and overcomes you? I had that happen about five minutes after I took the pregnancy test. And the, real, the realization that hit me was that I did not wait the full three minutes to look at the test. I waited maybe one minute. So once I realized that, I ran into the bathroom, dug the, tra the test out of the trash can, and it was positive. And so those two life-changing pink lines led to my, ooh, was not expecting to cry. Okay. <laughs> um, led to my beautiful baby girl being born on March 1st, 2015. And I think, yeah, there's little Emma. <laughs> and so then, as if, you know, that wasn't enough of a blessing, when Emma was five and a half months old, we got another set of two pink lines on a pregnancy test. And that led to my sweet baby boy being born on April 7th, 2016. Aw, there's little RJ. <laughs> And so the verse that came to my mind a lot during that season was Ephesians 3, 20 to 21. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. 
And what felt like a long season, where having a family felt so far off and at times impossible, God gave me two babies back to back, and the biggest blessing of that for me was that having RJ so quickly after Emma completely eliminated the whole, can I get pregnant again, and waiting, and I didn't go through any of that, and I was so thankful for that. I was so thankful to God for my two kids and for the gift of motherhood, but my health issues didn't go away. Right after Emma was born, and right after, I literally, I think, three, when Emma was about three days old, I noticed a blister in my mouth, and it, and it just started to come back. <laughs> my pregnancy with RJ did keep it at bay because pregnancy naturally suppresses your immune system. So I, I did okay while I was pregnant with RJ, but then, you know, after RJ being born, um, it, it flared back up again, my scalp, all, all the places it flared back up again. And so I was back to doing infusions and having a nurse come to my house. But let me tell you, doing infusions with an infant and a toddler is a lot different than the 2012 days when I would, you know, binge watch a show and fall asleep. I would be, you know, hooked up to the IV while trying to nurse RJ and Emma would be, you know, clinging to my leg and everyone, everyone's crying. And so it was, wow, it was quite interesting. Um, so I have been in and out of remission and in and out of the infusion chair since 2016, and I've experienced all the side effects of all the medications and the infusions, but this time while having two kids to care for. And Joe and my mom, as well as some of my close friends, they've been my saving grace in helping me with the kids during those times. Last summer, as a lot of you know, um, was my most recent flare-up, and it was really bad. Um, it was the worst flare-up that I have had since being diagnosed in 2011. My scalp was covered in blisters. A lot of you got to see that for yourselves. And I had them in other areas of my body that made me extremely, extremely uncomfortable. I was on an immunosuppressant while waiting to get into Kaiser. Because, you know, fast forward all these years now, we have Kaiser, and they don't come to your house, and so I have to go to Kaiser to get infusions done, which is actually easier because I can sleep and binge watch a show now <laughs> while I'm... Um, so while waiting to get into Kaiser for infusions, I'm back on the medications. And I was sad and discouraged and frustrated and annoyed and all the things. I don't have time for this. I don't want to do this again. But God continued to remind me that it's through my weakness that his power is displayed in me and his light shines through me. Paul spends a lot of First and Second Corinthians talking about his weaknesses and how that's the only thing that he will boast about. Paul was up against all of these false apostles that were preaching a false gospel, and the Corinthians had fallen for it, and Paul was not happy. You actually read First and Second Corinthians. It's pretty funny because Paul is pretty uses a lot of sarcasm, and he's not happy. And he rebutted this by constantly saying, okay, I'm going to brag about, I'm going to boast about my weakness because that's when God can use me. And in 2 Corinthians 12, 7 to 10, um, after explaining this experience where Paul was caught up to paradise and heard inexpressible things, he says, Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. 
So in closing, I want to encourage you with two things about this passage. One is that Paul says he was given a thorn in his flesh. It does not say that God gave him the thorn in his flesh. Hardships of all kinds happen to us because we live in a sinful and fallen world. And God allows them to happen, and he wants to use them to draw us closer to him. But he does not give them to us. And the second thing I want to say is that Paul, who's, I think everyone would agree, the greatest missionary, the greatest Christian of all time, he begged God to take his thorn, whatever that is, thorn away from him, and God said no. He wanted Paul to stay humble. He wanted Paul to rely on his grace and power. When God doesn't heal our bodies or the bodies of a loved one. Oh, the tablecloth's falling off. Okay, that's fine. I don't need the tablecloth. <laughs> that's fine. When God doesn't heal our bodies or the bodies of a loved one in the way and timing that we want, it's so hard and it's so heartbreaking. But God saying no has nothing to do with how much faith we have and it has nothing to do with being a good enough Christian. It's so much more about God wanting to use us to bring him glory. That's what it's about. And in the past 12 years, that's so much of what I have learned. He wants to use everything in my life, including Pemphigus, these weird blisters, to draw me closer to him and to bring him glory. But I have to be willing to let him. So my prayer is that no matter what the thorn in your flesh is right now, that you will allow God to draw you closer to him and that you will be so laser-focused on the gospel and allowing God to shine his light through you. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your faithfulness, for your love, for who you are. Thank you that no matter what we're going through, that you're right there next to us. And I pray, God, for each lady in this room, that whatever their thorn is, that you will allow them to draw closer to you, that, you will, that they will rely on your grace, your strength, and your power, and that that might be displayed so powerfully in them. So I just lift up each lady to you right now. God, thank you so much for this opportunity that we have to come and to draw closer to you and draw closer to each other. And I just um, thank you for this wonderful morning that we've had together and all of the work that's gone into it by so many. Uh, thank you, God, so much for all of your blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. And I want to say one more thing. Um, if there's anyone in here today who does not have a relationship with Jesus, who does not follow Christ, I want to encourage you to talk to someone about that. Um, if everyone on Women's Council could please stand up. So this is our women's leadership team, and all of these women love Jesus so much, and they would all literally drop anything to have a conversation with you, to pray with you, to answer questions for you if you just want to talk to someone or want to pray because I, I just, I, there's nothing more important, and that's why we do everything that we do here at this church. It's fun, it's beautiful, it's great, but it's all about Jesus, and if you want that hope and you want that light, then I want to encourage you to please come, come talk to me, talk to Joe, talk to Pastor Jennifer, any of the, these women would love to talk to you. So thank you.